the Scottish Cup final approaches for Celtic at Hampden Park and it's a massive day for the club. The chance to win a 12th successive domestic trophy, the chance to complete an unprecedented quadruple treble and the chance to win the cup for the 40th time to extend a remarkable sequence of success. Sunday promises to be a big day at the National Stadium and there are huge talking points to get stuck into before Celtic and Hearts eventually take to the field. So, when it comes to matters involving Celtic and huge issues, there really is no one better equipped to address those than Record Sports' own Chris Sutton, who knows what it's like to win silverware at Hamden, don't you, Chris? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, a lot of praise there again uh, for me in the opening. But let's just let's just see how it goes, shall we? Well, I left out the League Cup final red card. You see, <laughs> that was you, Dallas, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because it was the Scottish Cup, I thought I thought that's mm. only fair to leave that out. But given the fact yeah, you brought it up, I thought it was fine. Chris, Celtic head to Hamden with a fair amount of positivity, given the the wins over Lille and Kilmarnock in the matches leading up to it. How do you assess the mood within the, the, the sort of squad at the moment and around the club at the moment on the back of those results, given what had happened before? Um, look, I think the mood will no doubt feel a little bit better within the dressing room. I think that Neil Lennon will be feeling a tiny bit of relief um, with the with the performance against Lille and then Backing it up to to some extent against Kilmarnock, I thought it was really important that Celtic won the game. I still think that Celtic are miles off it in terms of consistency. And we all know the implications if Celtic don't beat Hearts um, on Sunday because Celtic will go into this game strong favourites. Hearts have been in good form in the Championship. You know, they have been. They're going to win that and and come straight back up. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. They've got their own threats. and it's it's how Celtic deal with that. But you'd expect Celtic to to, to win the game and, and Neil Lennon to to win another treble, which you know, on the face of it, sounds absolutely brilliant. But we know what's happened um, this season, and uh, and it, I think Neil's job is still not in danger at the moment. But you know, to lose the hearts, and there would be no doubt more protests and more questions, which would need answering. What did you make of the uh, just briefly before before we get on to the final, um, the way the 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 protest or the, the planned protest on Sunday actually ended up turning into a, a real sort of backing and support for the players, um, and there was also battles in support of Neil Lennon as well, um, and I think the players and Neil Lennon touched upon it after the game on Sunday after the Commandant game, that was um, that was a sort of a small sea change from what had been before. That, yeah, little giving them a lift. Um, I think I think that was the right you know the right thing to do. I thought you know the protest before where there were fences being thrown and and derogatory songs sung about Neil, um, you know, bang out of order. It 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 still wasn't for me in some respects before the game. The fact that there was a protest, I thought that was unnecessary. But it was good to see that. Uh, you know, at least the players were getting backing because if Celtic are going to get back in a title race this season, and and that's that's the dream at this moment in time, and then the players do need to feel that the 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 support is still there um, from amongst the fans, and of course it is there from a, a large section of the fans, but there are there is a section which. Uh, which which clearly uh, are are so unhappy with the way things uh, uh, have gone this season, where they're calling for for everybody's head. We shall return 
to the subject of some of the things you raised there, Chris, and also some of the things that came from the, the club's AGM on Monday, once we deal with Hamden. But let's be honest, I think everyone is only interested in what happens at Hamden on Sunday in this, in this week. And let's cut to the chase here. Everyone's talking about the team selection. Everybody wants to know how it's going to go after the, the manager has freshened the team up in the last couple of games. There's been a relative amount of success. He then said in the wake of the Kilmarnock game that he will also would be loyal to some of the guys who have got them there. So rather than mishmashing it up, let's just break it into positions. Let's just, let's just break it through the pitch, area by area. Let, let's start with the goalkeeper. Connor Hazard has come in. He's played these, these two games. Does he start? Does Barca start? Or does Bain start? I think this is a, it's a really easy one. Uh, Connor Hazard, what, what's he done wrong in these two games? He's been given the opportunity. Um, he hasn't been overly worked, but he's looked extremely competent. Talk about him uh, signing a new deal as well, which, uh, which I've seen today. Uh, so it seems to be a, a, an easy choice. Uh, Baines had his chance this season. Barkas, you know, big money splashed out on him. Looks like he's just bereft of confidence. Uh, you know, it's an easy one for for Neil Lennon. I think I think that Hazard will uh, will remain in goal until uh, you know, unless he makes mistakes. Uh, but you know, he he deserves his chance. Um, and and the fact that he hasn't done anything wrong, then therefore he has to keep his place. You've been there, Chris. You've seen it. You, you you've, you've seen it firsthand with David Marshall. At Celtic, you know, pitched in in a similar situation into a big environment and, and coped and flourished. So yep. it can be done. And the other thing is, Conor Hazard is not just coming from academy football. He had, does have top team experience playing in the championship and things like that with from, from his loan spell. So, and he's also got, you know, a, a international experience as well. So it's yeah. not a massive gamble, really. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. But you know, it tells you how uncertain Neil is over the other two goalkeepers that Connor Hazard, uh, you know, got the chance. You couldn't have foreseen him getting the opportunity at the start of the season with the goalkeepers Celtic had. And you know, there's a strong argument Celtic should never have let Craig Gordon uh, go. And you know, we spoke in the summer that the importance of keeping Fraser Forster, if that was at all possible, it wasn't possible. And, and David Marshall's name. Uh, it came up, of course. There's a great narrative in all of this, isn't there, Chris? With Craig Gordon being in the heart school on Sunday as well. Yeah, absolutely. Dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose there will be Celtic fans who are thinking, "Blimey, you know, it's uh, exactly what you say. You know, the, 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 there's a narrative there, and will it be written in the stars that Craig Gordon will be the hero uh, for Hearts and, and break Celtic uh, hearts?" But um, you know, from Connor Hazard's point That's of very view, very good. Very good. It, uh, from, Connor Hazard, <laughs> from Connor Hazard's point of view, it's about... You should do TV. Uh, yeah, there you go, yeah, I should do. From Connor Hazard's point of view, it, it's it's all about grabbing your opportunity. And back in the day, you mentioned David Marshall, he did that. This, you know, it's, it's a brilliant opportunity for him. I, I The performance against Lille, I thought that he looked extremely confident. You only really find out about goalkeepers when they, uh, you know, when they make the odd mistake, and that will be the big test for him. But so far, so good. In front of Connor Hazard, if he's the one who plays, Christopher Iyer has has 
a pass at right back for Celtic. He has done it before. Um, he's played the last couple of games there. He's been fairly confident, competent and confident. Shane Duffy's scored last weekend, playing alongside Christopher Julian. Greg Taylor got the nod against his former club, Kilmarnock, in place of Diego Lasalle. Um Would you think it would be the, the back four? And if it is, who would your four be? Um, I think the back four will be um, Aya, Julian, Duffy and Laxalt. I think we'll come back in. I, you know, I'm not really sure why Laxalt was left out um, uh, against Kilmarnock. Um, but, you know... Freshness, maybe, just to give... Uh, maybe maybe so, and to, and to give Greg Taylor a run out, who, you know, didn't... Who, didn't have a bad game, Greg Taylor. Um, but I don't think, you know, I think a cup final, you, you play your strongest team at this moment in time. I think Maxell uh, is uh, a more a more rounded left-back than uh, than Greg Taylor. I think Christopher Julian, each game he plays, he's getting better. He was out for a, a long period. And I just wonder whether Shane Duffy now is feeling more secure with Julian alongside him. And I, as Christopher, I showing his versatility by playing right back. And I, I actually think that uh, in many respects, that that's a help for Jeremy Frimpong, who doesn't have that defensive responsibility. But what I would say that it's, you know, once again, it, uh, I don't want to go too early. Celtic have had massive problems defensively this season. They certainly are not out of the woods but, uh, you know, I think Julian coming back into the team and we saw his performances last season, um, I think Celtic look a better back line w- with him in there. They've maybe lacked a, a, a little bit of leadership. I, I think we all expected Shane Duffy to come in and, and, and really assert himself and be the, be the real leader at the back. That hasn't happened, but he, does, he has seemed more comfortable in the last two games. But I'll say it again, a long way to go. There, has, there are various aspects to this. Chris, Christopher Iyer obviously has the defensive capability, the height in terms of the back post, the height for set yeah. pieces. He also has the legs and the energy to get up and down on the right-hand side. So that can work and has worked. And also there appeared to be on Sunday against Kilmarnock a bit more clarity of communication at a set situation in place where Shane Duffy basically took control of attacking every ball and it was almost as if him and Christopher Julian had, had organised it beforehand. When it goes up there, I'll go and deal with it and, and Julian will be the one who would be off it. There was a bit of confusion in the back three and it didn't look as though people really knew their jobs. Jenk, that's probably helped as well. And that may help Julian, Duffy, Julie, Julian and Duffy, I should say, if they can get that understanding and then get it working together and, and a clear plan and they know what they're doing. Uh, without a doubt. And I think, uh, I think in terms of... Um, of positionally, I think that it's it's easier for to to play in a back four, if that makes sense, than a, than a back three where you have to be. If you're lacking in confidence, you have to be so switched on. You have to get your distances right. Shuffling across is about going out when the when the ball's in the channel. And Celtic, when they've played a back three at times, and the wing backs are up the pitch, that that they have looked indecisive as a back three. I think that Duffy's. Uh, if you if you if you follow if, if you follow Shane Duffy's career, which no doubt uh, you have done, his best performances uh, and and the reputation he built at Brighton was in a back four, and it was in a back four uh, under Chris Hutton where uh, where the full backs stayed in. They didn't really maraud 
forward as such. And I, I, I think that he felt maybe that security, the same with the Irish national team. And I think that he, you know, he does feel secure in that environment. I think we expected more from him uh, when he first came in. I think that he has been exposed. I think at times that he he tries to do too much on the ball, and I think he should just get it and and, and give it to a player who can play. He doesn't need to, to 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 show us all that he's Franz Beckenbauer at the back. Yeah. Shane Duffy was brought into Celtic to defend crosses in the box, corners, long throws, go and head it, do what he's good at. That's how he's carved out his career. And I do think, you know, he's an all-in type of guy and there's no doubt he would have been hurting uh, with regards to his start at Celtic. And he spoke but, very well after the game yeah. uh, on Sunday, uh, Chris, and he explained a lot of that. And he, and he spoke about how difficult it was for him and being on his own here in Glasgow and the COVID situation and yeah. trying to maybe trying too hard at the start and things like that. From what you you suggested, he, he looks more comfortable now. Maybe that little period of time, he touched upon it himself about Neil Lennon taking him out the, out the firing line for a little bit. He's given him a bit of a chance to take a breath and settle in. It's almost like a fresh start for him, I think was the phrase that Neil Lennon used. Would you agree with that? It almost feels like yeah. a fresh start. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, an interesting decision to take him out of the firing line a little bit. But as I say, I think that... Um, he, he seems to be more secure in his decision-making with Julian alongside him. But let's not go too early. It's a couple of games. Um, I've always had, you know, admiration for Shane Duffy from afar because I think he's, you know, he's got such a big heart. You, 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 when he came north of the border, I think that everybody was expecting him to find it so easy. That hasn't happened. But you know... Every time he plays, he, he's desperate to prove himself. And maybe that has been an issue where he's, he's wanted to do too much and, and sort of show what he can do rather than just get uh, down to the to the basics where he's actually carved his reputation. And, and that's heading, uh, being positionally good and uh, and his defensive instinct, which is which has carried him so, so well in his career so far. And that's what Celtic were thinking they were getting when uh, when Shane Duffy came north of the border. Now, a couple of performances, Neil Lennon will be hoping that his confidence is there and and, and the continuity alongside Christopher Julian. And Celtic can, can start getting back to keeping clean sheets and he can be uh, an integral part of that. That's goalkeeper and defence sorted. One of the major talking points is obviously the midfield. So we'll, we'll leave that to last and go to the attack. Um, is it pretty simple for you, Chris? It feels like an awful long time ago since Austin Edwards scored the two goals in the Scottish Cup final against Hearts at the same venue yeah. <laughs> to, win the, to win the trophy. Um, what, 19 months ago, I think, something like that. Mm. But is it... He's not at his electric best. He hasn't been for quite some time. But is he still the man for Sunday? Yes, not even in doubt, the centre-forward mm -hmm. position. And I know um, Klimala came in and played against Lille and, you know, he's a grafter. You know, I like his attitude. You know what you're going to get um, from him. Um, the, the Yeti there as, as well. I was a little bit surprised the Yeti didn't get the uh, the, nod, uh, the nod against Lille. But Odson Edward hasn't, hasn't hit his straps this season. It must be a concern for him, you know. So I yeah. know it's a, it's a concern for, for Neil Lennon and it's a concern for the team. 
But we've, you know, I've said on the pod before and we've written columns about it. Odson Edward needs to get himself right, not only for the team, but for, for himself. You know, he's carved out a, a really good reputation in France with the under-21 team. Every time he goes away, he seems to score and perform pretty well. But ultimately, it's going to be his performances for Celtic, which is going to get him uh, a, a, a move away, a big move away, if that's what he desires. And, and further down the line, of course, that will be what he, he desires. But, uh, but the fact of the matter is he has to get back to basics, leading the line, playing well and being that threat. I don't know. I, you know, I don't I can't put my finger on how his form has been. I wouldn't say it's been disastrous, but when you set the standards which he set last season, he is miles off it. He is miles off it. But what we do know is is that there is a player in there, and I've been there myself as a centre-forward, and I've, I've spoken before about hesitation. He seems to be hesitating. Things isn't, may not be getting the break of the ball at this moment in time, but there's something where he isn't being... Uh, really proactive in and around the box, and that's a and that's a problem for him. We know he can finish. We know he can link well, and in forward areas, Celtic have struggled really to hit the heights of of, of previous seasons. You know, the, there hasn't been a partnership which has really um, worked well as the as the Edward Griffiths partnership worked so well last season. It's just not clicking. Um, and it's one of those, and, and maybe maybe on Sunday that'll be the game where everything clicks and we see a strong performance from him. Maybe uh, we, we know he had an issue with COVID. He hasn't he hasn't felt quite right physically. I don't know, but you know we can't keep making excuses for him. He has to he has to get himself out of this malaise himself by showing great determination, great desire. Which I'm not I'm not disputing that he's, he's not trying. Of course he is, but. The bigger picture is, is Odson Edward isn't going to get his big move away uh, to another big club uh, in Europe unless he starts performing. And he hasn't done enough this season. So people watching him, they will be having doubts about him. I'm absolutely sure of that. So if he starts and you say that there hasn't really been a partnership, so it's the one given mm-hmm. as the back four as well, that naturally would suggest the 4 2 3 one. Um, the two wide positions are interesting. Jeremy Frimpong and Mohamed El Yanoussi uh, started in those positions against Kilmarnock. Um, Ryan Christie is available, or was available on Sunday, and is available for Hamden to come back. If you look at the two attacking wider guys in the middle of the park or, or, or up front, if you like, who do you see getting the nod there? It, it, does it look like El Yanoussi and Christie to you, or what do you think? Uh, I think it's a tough call. Uh, and I'll tell you why it's a tough call, because Christie, I know he's uh, splits opinion a little bit amongst uh, Celtic fans, but you always know what you're going to get from Christie. You get 100%. And sometimes I think he tries to force things and rush things a little bit too much. But if you play Christie, uh, you know, I would assume that Neil would play him off the right-hand side. I know he has played off the left-hand side this season. Um, and if that's the case... I think sides who have had success against Celtic this season, they narrow up, uh, they fill the centre of the pitch and they, they defend the width of the penalty box. So therefore, Frimpong would be the better option in terms of a byline win- winger. Um, and he seems to be happy without that real defensive responsibility. So I think Frimpong has to start on the right. And 
Uh, Are you not tempted, Chris, when you think of the goal that Christie scored in the semi-final yeah. against Aberdeen and that very position coming in with Hamden being a big pitch and it's not quite as easy to narrow a game up there. There's wide open spaces. Um, yeah, you would I'm still totally prefer totally Frimpong? Yeah. I would yeah, like I, Yeah, I, yeah I, I, you know, I do. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of an issue on the left-hand side, obviously, because El is a, a right-footer who likes to come inside. Um I, I do think that's his best position for Celtic when he's played in and off the striker. Um, you know, I don't think it's qu- it's quite clicked because we know how sides set up against Celtic, and that's exactly what Hearts will do at the weekend. I don't, I don't think they're going to go toe to toe with Celtic. Um, and in flashes this season, El Yunusi has shown that he's a really talented player. I still think that he needs to be more consistent, and and that would be the frustration with him. So unfortunately for Christie. Um, you know, I don't see him playing in any of the wide areas. And if I'm honest, I don't think David Turnbull deserves to be dropped in the 10 role. Um, I think the last couple of games... Beautiful you know, link, Chris. You've just taken us right on the, the, the main yeah. talking point. that The yeah. central midfield positions, if it's taken as red, and I'll ask you to clarify this, but I'm sure you will, if it's taken as red that Callum McGregor will fill one of those positions, yes? Yeah. Simple as so no, yep. That leaves us two positions to sort positions for you to sort and they are the big big talking points amongst the Celtic fans this week but I don't Turnbull. think they're big talking points you don't I, think I, that I, I, no I don't at all because uh, and and I don't agree with Neil in his assessment about being loyal I think that uh, being loyal to the players who got him there and there's there's no room for sentiment at this moment in time for, for the Celtic team and for Neil, as Celtic manager, it's about winning. It's about building momentum. So therefore, you have to pick your strongest team. Now, I'm a fan of Rogic. I'm a fan of Brown. And no way am I suggesting that Scott Brown is, is finished. I still think he's got a part to play. But what message does it send out when you go into a cup final and you're not playing the players who deserve to be in the team on merit? And Sorrow deserves to be in the team on merit based on his last couple of performances. And so does Turnbull. And therefore, you Celtic have a strong bench and they will have players who are chomping at the bit. And this ultimately is what you want as Celtic manager. You have players like Christie, like Rogic, like Brown, who are absolutely chomping at the bit to get on and prove a point and, and for there to be serious competition for places. Because there's been competition for places this season but the competition for places based on how bad everybody's been playing. Now there seems to be uh, Celtic have gone up a notch in the last couple of games, but that can soon disappear. Turnbull got his opportunity and has grabbed it. Sorrow got his opportunity and he's grabbed it. You can't say that that would be, um, or that wouldn't, you, you can't drop them. That that wouldn't be fair on them, and I, I think that would set the that would send the wrong message to the support at this moment in time. Where there's no doubt, you know, a lot of the, the supporters their views haven't changed. Most of the support their views haven't changed. You know, Neil Lennon is lucky to still be in a job. I think most people think that. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is the formula for the last couple of games has worked. This team really needs to to build big momentum before they meet Rangers on January the 2nd. 
And the best way to do that is for continuity throughout the side and the best and, and to play your best players. And at this moment in time, I think that that would be the best eleven for the cup final. Soro has impressed Chris, hasn't he? He's 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 made a real impact since he's come into the team. I suppose a lot of the Celtic fans are asking the question now: Where's he been for the, the past three yeah. or four months? But that 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 was then. Let's concentrate on the now. He looks very impressive, doesn't he? At what he does covers the ground really well. He's really dynamic um, and reads the game superbly well. Uh, just needs needs to show consistency. He's got his opportunity. And of course, there'll be Celtic fans out there. I, I myself, you know, haven't seen too much of him in, in the first team. Well, nobody has. Uh, and when he played against Lille and again at the, at the weekend, I think everybody's thinking, well, why was he not given the opportunity earlier? But a lot of that, you know, Neil has has over the years, and maybe it's been a bit of autopilot with Neil, where what Scott Brown is concerned, where Scott has been such an important player for the club, that Neil has always felt that he's the go-to man. And I, I can understand that to some extent. But now Soros had his opportunity. Um, he deserves to stay in. And I'm not, I'm not going down the route of giving Scott Brown a kicking, which I think... You know, some people are. I don't think that's fair. He's been an unbelievable servant to the club and he will have his part to play throughout the season. But he also could have his part to play on Sunday, Chris, remember, because it's not that long ago against St Johnston at Perth when Scott was left on the bench. Yeah, the game was now now after an hour or so and he came on and transformed it. So, you know, if he didn't make the starting lineup, it's not as if he's been dismissed or called. He can still come on and play a... Apart in the game, you feel, yeah, if, if yeah. that's the way well, without, without a doubt. And the way Scott Brown carries himself. On, on Thursday night, I was in the, the stadium doing the television after the game. Celtic players come out and do the, the running at the side of the pitch. Who's beating everybody? Scott Brown. Scott Brown, by a distance, is beating all the other players. And that 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 tells you a lot about Big volumes, doesn't it? At that yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and at that, to still have that drive, you've not played in the game, you've had to sit in the stand and you come not, out and you do that. Yeah, not sulking, not feeling sorry for himself. And do you know what? And I don't know, you know, what the listeners to, to the pod think. I actually think that that's a big deal. That, that, that tells you why he's had the career which he's had. And that tells you that he is still totally, totally committed to the team and the cause and the manager at this moment in time. And he's still still striving. He's desperate to play. And I you know, I, I think that's a big deal, personally. And that's why you would want Scott Brown in your dressing room. I don't think that Sorrow deserves to be dropped, but I'm not going to be one of these people who give Scott Brown a kicking off the back of, you know, he hasn't been at his best this season. But I've got a lot, lot of admiration for the way that he's carried himself. You spoke about commitment um, there. Just, just briefly away from, just before we get to, to what you think will, will be the outcome on Sunday, Chris. You spoke about commitment. You'd called on this podcast before when um, in the past, over the past few weeks on, on more than one occasion um, when there was, Neil Lennon was having tricky times and, and the results weren't going the way for the, for the club's hierarchy to really come out publicly, really back him, you know, really send a strong message and, in fairness, uh, in, in the interview which was which was recorded for the AGM, the club's AGM on Monday, the chief executive Peter Loyal most certainly seemed to nail the colours to the mast um, of of the board, you know, and 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 are very very 
forthcoming and very forthright in their commendation of Neil Lennon and um, and the backing of him. Was that was that important? Whether you agree with it or not, was that important that that message was sent out? I think so. Um, it seemed to be a far more forthright message than a couple of the statements where they seemed to be half-hearted and and we will wait and see. And at least at least Peter Law will shown his hand now with. Neil Lennon. Of course, things can change uh, based on results, but he's given Neil, it seems that Neil does have his full backing. And, you know, I know Neil's come out and said that that has always been the case, but at least Peter Lawwell has spoken. So everybody knows it's out there in the open. Of course, now it's up to Neil to, and he'll be delighted with that backing, but it's up to Neil to show that he is the man still for the job. And, that, and, and he can only show that by giving uh, or producing strong performances with his team, which over the last two games, there are there are signs of a recovery. But as I say, it's, it's two games. This season, they have been so well short. Maybe this is the turning point. In my opinion, Neil's lucky to still be in a job, very lucky to still be in a job. And he will, of course, be thankful for the backing of, of Peter Lawwell and, and Dermot Desmond. And, and he's... He's needed that, but at least the club's position seems to be firm on this now because it didn't seem too firm with a couple of the statements they've put out in recent times. Neil has spoken himself about proven track records, um, his track record in, as a manager at Celtic and what he's delivered. Three Scottish Cup finals so far as the manager of Celtic. Three wins, three times he's gone up the steps and collected the trophy. Do you look at the game on Sunday, Chris, and expect it to be four out of four for Neil Lennon as a Celtic manager? It's unthinkable, really, for for Neil not to uh, be going up there for a fourth time. His, you know, his record's pretty remarkable in you know in the competition. Um, it's you know, it, it, Neil won't be thinking about the consequences uh, of of if he loses the game. That can't be in his his thought process. I think at this moment in time, it's two games. It's small steps, and I think that's a phrase that that Neil has used. But they need to to go out against Hearts and and produce a performance of of, of real authority. And and will they? Um, I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. The consistency hasn't been there all season. I was, you know, heartened a little bit from the performance against Lille. Um, backing it up against Kilmarnock was important, but that's two small, tiny steps. That's all it is. Celtic need to show a level of consistency, which is... Absolutely phenomenal, right up there in you know in previous seasons and beyond. If they want to get near Rangers and and win the title this season, and ultimately that's the end game, isn't it? The cup is important. That's a a nice box ticked uh, for Neil Lennon. But this is last season's cup, isn't it? And we're talking. Are about... you are, are you underplaying that a little bit, Chris? Saying it's last season's cup and such like, but it is last season's a, cup, isn't it? It's a quadruple treble that's on the line here. Yeah, yeah, and look, I'm not by no by no means am I knocking that. That that's an unbelievable achievement. But this season has been this season. You can't you can't take back what's happened in the league. Poor performances, uh, lack of rhythm. You can't take back the disastrous uh, European campaign this season from Ferencvaros to a really uh, weak. 
performance in the Europa League. You can't take that back. So this is a, a massive game for Neil, and and it's one where he can look back in in later years when he's you know retired from management and got his feet up, and and he can think, well, I've achieved a great deal, winning another treble for Celtic. That's a huge, huge deal. But we're in this season. We're nearly at Christmas, and Celtic support. Celtic supporters want to see a challenge for the league. They want to win 10 in a row. And at this moment in time, they're looking across the city, what's happening at Ibrox. They're seeing a team who are really relentless, really relentless, looking defensively strong, competition for places throughout this team and thinking, how are we going to get near them? And Celtic have to, you know, there are three, uh, three Celtic Rangers derbies left and Celtic probably will have to win all three to win the league and so that so the supporters at this moment in time want to see the team build momentum which is why when you come back to you know the start of this podcast and we spoke about selecting the team and the importance of selecting the team neil shouldn't be sentimental he shouldn't be thinking about the past and players who got him there he needs to think about the future and he needs to think about what is the strongest team, nothing else, what is the strongest 11 I can put out at the weekend to win the cup or to win the cup and carry on this momentum forward to challenge Rangers. Because at this moment in time, that's what Celtic are. They are challengers to Rangers. Rangers are out there in the distance. If I was a Celtic player now, I would be really concerned about the gap, about the games in hand, about the performances this season. But I would try to focus on players coming back to form. Christopher Julian, big, big plus. Shane Duffy, last two games, is getting there. I would be thinking, Odson Edward, it has to click at some stage. And it has to click for Odson Edward. Because if it doesn't click for Odson Edward, Celtic can't win the league, in my opinion. So all these things, they, all, all these stars... They have to align at some stage, and uh, and that's why continuity is important. You know, don't think about squad rotation. Think about the next game, grinding it out, becoming a, a, a relentless force week in, week out, and showing teams uh, that that this Celtic team is is back to where they have been in previous seasons. That's really what we should be doing ourselves, Chris. But unfortunately, squad rotation may result in Gannon returning next week at some point. <laughs> Have you missed yeah. him this week? Have you missed him? I've I've missed your arguments. It's not been yeah, same. we've missed yeah, we've missed some extreme views from Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, are you looking forward to to coming up and seeing the final yet? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's a big, it's a big day, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. we, we we shouldn't underestimate the importance of of Celtic. Winning the quadruple treble, that's a, that's a big, big deal. We know the implications if Celtic don't perform and, and don't get there. So, huge game for, for the club. Chris, thank you very much for your views. I hope you enjoy the game on, on Sunday. Hope everything, hope everything goes well and, you, and, and it lives up to its billing. Thank you, you right. very much for your time. Cheers. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>